Hello and welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt. I'm Courtney. We are going to talk more about data today after we talk about what we do on this podcast. What do we do on this podcast? We go through the do's, do-do's, <laughs> the do-do-do's, we do do this, uh, the do-do's and don't-do's of Personalized Learning. Yeah, that's right. And we st- we started last week by talking about some data. Yeah, we talked about kind of like big picture data stuff, like what what data is useful, what data isn't useful, la la la. And then um, we thought maybe this week we would continue with that a little bit and just talk through some strategies for actually using data. So (laughs) when you brought this to me all that time ago, uh, you talked about like some more like very specific, like what can I do tomorrow in the classroom? Yeah, what can I do right? tomorrow? Rather than those big picture views, which might take a little more time. Right. Forget about the state test that you go, don't get the data for until November, the next school year. Forget Don't worry about those. Don't, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. It's not for you. It's not for the kids. It's for someone right. else in an office somewhere to deal with. Hey, that's me. You. That's for people <laughs> like Matt Shea to deal with. Holy moly. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what can we do? Like yeah, in a classroom to look at. In a classroom to look at. So um, anything can be data. I think this is also kind of a, a sticking point or like a roadblock for people when it comes to data. Like they automatically automatically think it's some kind of spreadsheet with a ton of numbers in it, right? Mm-hmm. That is that is data, but yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of data dorks like Matt like. <laughs> also speaking to a dork here. Uh, yeah, I like, like too. Too. <laughs> I like it too. I like it too. I like to make graphs and charts out of the spreadsheet data but um yeah but you don't have to make spreadsheets no but you don't have to make spreadsheets you could so let's start with a super easy one okay exit slips everybody knows what an exit slip is Mm -hmm. right and everyone kind of understands you're supposed to look at them and then do something with it but what do you do with it that's always the question right yeah people start with the exit slip sometimes look at them and it's like, oh, my lesson went pretty well today. Most of the kids got it. Moving on. And next day comes around, <laughs> right? And you just and move right on. And you're going to do what you're going to do anyway. Yeah. Exactly. So here's here's how to start shifting that practice. Okay. Um, plan a lesson for one day, whatever it may be. Good start. I know. Plan it for one day. Let's say it's a whole class lesson, right? It's some concept. At the end of that class, or in your head, not even yet, like you like to plan your week out. I get it. You're a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so have like lesson planned for day one. Day two, already have in mind plans for three groups. Okay. First group, kids who get it need something more. Okay. Second group, kids who pretty much have it just need to clean up a couple Mm -hmm. misconceptions or procedural mistakes and then group three the kids who it didn't land Mm -hmm. okay so pre-plan that stuff you know it's going to happen anyway yeah so why not so just start start pre-planning it so at the end of day one you give the exit slips and then you take those exit slips and you sort them into three piles okay kids who get it Kids who mostly have it, kids who need to be retaught. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, you already have those lessons set up and ready to go, what that's going to look like, whether it's rotations in your classroom or however you've decided to set that up, and then you just do it. Seems pretty straightforward. It does seem pretty straightforward. Yeah, I think I think that people get freaked out about the idea of responsive teaching and believe that they shouldn't have anything ready to go. 
Like if I'm going to be responsive, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So if I'm going to be, so if I'm going to take my day one lesson and I'm going to be responsive to the lear- needs of my learners, mm-hmm. I almost said the lords of my needers, which is amazing, but the needs of my learners. I wish you had said that. <laughs> if I'm going to be responsive, I need to not have plans ready to go. And I need to plan them that night after I figure out what my learners need. I don't think that's the case. I think there might be times where you you do some kind of an assessment and you get some some data that's like, whoa, that came out of left field. I don't understand what's going on mm-hmm. here. Um, and but that's only going to be for one or two kids. Right. Like if you generally ahead of time, like almost I'm almost being like, follow this pattern. This is a way to start getting into personalized learning. Like day one, introducing the concept or whatever. Day two, groups. Got it. Almost got it. Don't got it. So if you just plan for that then the grouping is easy and you you don't have to worry about planning the night before for what you're seeing the day of you know what you're gonna get you're not reactive at this point no you're being you're being proactive proactive. you're being proactive you're foreseeing what the needs are going to be so why do you think this can be such a foreign concept for some teachers i'm thinking that i'm thinking of uh, what i might say as like a non-coaching type teacher. Right. Well, I'm not going to have any of those kids in the didn't get it because I'm really good. How do you know? Because I'm really good. Well, let's let's just try. So that'd be great. If you don't have anyone in the didn't get it group, then amazing. You've made those plans and maybe you'll use them some other time. Well, I, I was thinking as you were saying that the three groups, I'll be out of my crabby teacher role here and say... Sometimes you won't get people in those groups. Yeah, sometimes you won't. Sometimes I know more often than not, I did not have those kids in the group that'd be like, yeah, I got this and I'm ready for the next step. Right. You know, that takes a little while sometimes. Yeah. So planning for those three groups, you might only fill two of them up. Right. If it goes really poorly, you might only fill one of them up. Right. If it works great and they're in their wrong zone, you may have kids that are like, Mr. Shea, I already got all this. Right. And this is why. Yeah. You need to go a little faster. Right. Right. And what's wrong with that? Because we know this happens all the time. We do. We do. Nobody's lessons go perfectly every Mm -hmm. single time for every kid. No. Just doesn't happen. No. If we did, everyone would be getting a 100% or an A in the old system and everyone would be meeting or exceeding all the time, which doesn't happen. Yeah. Not all the same time. Yeah. So uh, so that's kind of one way. That's just kind of being realistic with yourself, right? Yes. Pre-planning because you know this stuff's going to happen. Even if you're an inexperienced teacher... This is a way to start. Yes. But if you're an experienced teacher, you've had those days every day. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's one great way. So that's one great way. So another way um, that I can offer to use data is to think about Mm pre-assessment. So um, at the beginning or the start of a unit or a new round of learning, giving a pre-assessment to see what the learners know or don't know already. And then kind of similarly, grouping. But Instead of already knowing the groups ahead of time, you kind of work through different filters. So I'm going to talk about writing because um, I'm most confident in talking about writing for this kind of sorting. Um, And I actually kind of like that too. Instead of saying like using, you know, data, using data to form instruction, like just say sorting. I'm sorting kids. That's all it is, is sorting. Yeah. Yeah, and then my head goes and thinks of the Saturday Night Live spoof on uh, every young adult dystopian novel ever with the sorties. We will not be sorted. Anyone who knows what I'm talking about, thank you. Appreciate your chuckle. Moving on. 
Um, so, so let's say I'm working in a narrative unit and I ask the learners, I give them time before we start any instruction, just an on-demand, write, use what you know about writing narratives to show me what you can do. Um, so then I know for my unit, I know what the big goals are for my unit, right? We never teach everything in any unit about any topic. You just can't. Yeah. You, you narrow down and you focus on. So let's say for this particular writing unit, my big focus is going to be um, structure. So beginning, middle, and end structure with having some kind of uh, climax and resolution. Okay? So that's, that's one goal. Another goal is um, uh, characters that are fleshed out using internal dialogue and internal thought. Okay, so let's just stick with those two. Okay. So that's what I'm going to use my, my filtering lenses for. I'm going to decide which one I care about first. Now, generally, when I do a writing unit, we tackle structure before we tackle anything else okay. in the unit. That's what comes first. So um, I'm going to sort through structure. So knowing in my head, right, that kind of the goal I'm looking for at the end um, and then I'm just going to kind of like, I might have four piles, I might have three piles. I'm just going to start sorting like with like. Mm -hmm. This kid's writing feels like, I'll just put that one there. This next kid's writing feels feels a lot like this kid's same pile when it comes to this idea of characters, right? right. I might have, if I have like a learning progression um, or if I have capacity matrices or learning menus or something like that, that really lays out the foundational pieces of a particular target because chances are we've got a target for the unit, mm -hmm. I might use those and actually sort the writing on the different steps of the learning progression or on the different steps of the capacity matrix. Okay. So that's another way to sort. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not planning instruction for tomorrow for these kids. Instead, now, I'm planning two different types of instruction. I'm planning goals, individual goals that I might use for conferring mm -hmm. over the course of the unit. And then I'm also looking at small group instruction. Okay. For the course of the unit. So then I'm going to plot out kind of a series of four, maybe five lessons based on this particular filter, this target that these learners need to work on. Okay. And then I've got my many lessons that I'm doing with the whole class the rest of the time. But this is more, this is responding, responsive to the needs of the learners across a unit rather than day to day. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. That's yeah. a little more complex. It is a little more complex. By far, the easiest one to start with is just some kind of exit slip at the end of class and then sorting right, right then and there. So can you combine those two, as I'm thinking? So you have the exit slips on the day-to-day -day yeah, totally. stuff. And does it uh, do kids mix in and out of those sorted groups? They can. As they were, but yeah, they, not, can. they can, but not necessarily. Not necessarily, they can. Right. I, I tend to think it's smart to have a consistent group for at least three three meetings so one of these like the exit slips are more short term yeah and this what you just described is a little, a little more, more long term yeah, a little thinking. more long term medium thinking. to long term medium thinking. to long term thinking yeah i think i think definitely okay you could and absolutely like another way to flip data on its head if you really want to get like you know jiggy with it i suppose <laughs> get jiggy with the data current is, reference go um, courtney yes but like yay 90s and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Another way. Oh, another to way get to get with jiggy it. with the data is after some whole group instruction or any kind of instruction, small group, whatever. Um, like, let's say after a mini lesson in writing, maybe ask the kids to put 
their name on a sticky note and then do something right then and there. Um, and I've seen teachers have kind of like a sticky board in their room where every kid has a square. So like at the end of a mini lesson or at any time during a lesson, the teacher can say like, okay, you know, go put your sticky note with whatever I just asked you to do on it up on the sticky board and then, you know, get back to work. There's a lot of independent work going on, like mm -hmm. whatever it is. And then the teacher walks right over to the board and starts sorting right then and there. And that's a way to use data to be super responsive and scoop up and catch the kids who didn't get it right then and there. No, that's even shorter term. That's even shorter term. So like that's like to say, okay, we just talked about punctuating dialogue. I ask everyone to do it. You know, take a sentence from your story that you're writing, punctuate the dialogue, put it on the sticky note, put it up. So like the kids that have nothing on their their sentence, it just looks like a regular sentence. I'm going to pull all of them right there, say, hey, you, 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 and you, and come meet me over here. We're going to do this again. So the, clearly stickies have their names on it. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, so either the sticky notes could have their names on it or a method I really like um, because it kind of enables you to use it more often is to just make a little grid on the board or use like a chart, piece of chart paper. And each kid has like their name in a square. So that's just where they put their sticky Oh, so sticky it's like note. a pre-made. Yeah. Grid. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. That's pretty cool, too, because yeah. then they know that it's not just something we're doing for today. But right. This is it's just, just another routine. This is a doing. routine. Yeah. This is how my teacher figures out what we know and who I think that, what. that makes it a little more real, as you said that, for yeah. the kids, because yeah. now you've set up a routine with them that they know they're going to get some immediate feedback, and it's not always just, oh, I'm just going to wait out the clock here, and when the bell rings, right. we're going to finish, and I'm just going to hopefully skate through. Right. Yeah. So it's immediate. So that's yeah. that really sets that tone too. I like that idea. Yeah, that like one's that great. When when teachers um, get comfortable doing that. Now that one does kind of require you to be able to think on your feet a little more because you. Uh oh. I, well, I mean, just like the day one, day two that we first talked about, like you can have an idea in your head, definitely of mm -hmm. you know what what could go wrong and how you might um, readdress it because you can't do the same lesson. Right. Like that's just like yelling louder when someone doesn't speak English. It doesn't actually help. What? <laughs> so, so you might, and as the more you teach, the more, more tools you have, the more ideas you have, the easier it does get to just kind of pull something out of nowhere and work with a group, right? Or work with a kid. And it's okay to take risks because I'm thinking of some of the pushback we may get on this particular line of answers here is yeah well i'm not ready for that well i how do i know exactly what the kids are gonna say you don't and and yeah that's always my response well you don't you don't i i don't know what kids are gonna say from one minute to the next let right. alone a day to the next yeah but being prepared for like some of the obvious things right. and planning out what might occur what might occur you're never gonna get everything you no. just and you got to be okay with that one right Right, but you're you can never get. Know everything. I'd even say you can get most of them. I do too. Like if we think through any of us, you know, the the content that we're most comfortable in, any concept or skill that we've introduced or have to introduce, you spend five minutes, you can think of yeah. the potential pitfalls where kids are likely going to go wrong. And you, you, you did yeah. say earlier in this pod about you're always going to have those out of left field. Oh, totally. Kids. Yeah, you will. And it's not going to be every day. No. And if it's every day, then maybe you need to plan a little bit better and think about <laughs> why am I getting these? Then that's these? a sign. Yeah, that's a sign. <laughs> well, yeah. th I think that's the point. It's like those yeah. out of left field questions are not going to happen every day if you've planned a lesson right. and really thought about these things that you've talked about today. Right. And then 
Um, you've got some immediate plans and responses. You've got a short term, which is kind of, can be overnight right. or the next night. And yeah. then you've got those longer unit type plans that we've yeah. talked about today. So right. yeah. that's pretty solid for some of our teachers. Yeah. I, I mean, there's more. We can, we can stop there. Yeah. The, but I think those are ones that you can, even between now and the end of the school year, you could try any of those. Yeah, depending on the school you're in. Cause That's I, a good point. I have heard That's that some, some of the some like... of the places around the country are ending um, this week. Really? <laughs> this week. Wow. I am pretty sure because next week's Memorial Day. Yeah, I guess so that makes So there, there are some, uh, we had some friends in Kentucky that we talked to a couple months or so ago. And they are wrapping up a mem- by Memorial Day, which is this week. Wow. So congratulations to all you Kentuckians. And here in Maine, we've got another, I don't know, six weeks Wait, of winter or something. <laughs> Winter's still coming. It's yeah. not even gone. Ground, even Groundhog gone Day here. in New England is like in <laughs> April. So. No, that's not true. It's sunny and beautiful outside today. It it's, actually is. It's nice. It's it, nice. We're it, all right. But we do is. have like six weeks left, I think. Five or six weeks left. Where it's pretty close. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So what does our future look like here? What do we've got coming up that we can talk about? (laughs) Let's look into the future. So we're going to be actually in person in Nebraska. Yep. In under a month. Uh, We'll be Mm -hmm. back in Lincoln sometime in uh, mid-June. The 17th. The 17th. 17th. Thank you for remembering that one. Uh, We're going to be in Georgia in the fall in November. And we'll be at Inacall out in Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Sunny Palm Springs, hopefully. <laughs> Sunny Knock Palm on wood. Springs. I'll take it anyway. I, it doesn't matter. It's California. It's so, yeah, absolutely. So That's you, in October. That's right? in October. That's yeah, that's right October. around Halloween. Yeah. So if you're in any of those locations, uh, please stop by and say hi. Yes. Uh, we love talking to people who uh, listen to the pod. It's always exciting when we have a listener. It is. It's like, crazy. It's like, it makes us like, it's funny that it like, I can't speak for Matt, but I still told him, I'm like, wow, yeah, people listen to us. Like, whoa. Yeah, the, thing, uh, the thing for me is it's cool that people listen to us uh, that we don't know. That we don't know, right? That, know, I think that's what we, it we is. We have a lot of <laughs> listeners that we actually that we know. know. Yeah, but, but when uh, random people come up and say, yeah, listen to your pod and lie like this and blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, my God. I know. There's a minute <laughs> of like, really? A thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So oh, we've goodness. got probably three or four more left before the end of this school year here in Maine. So uh, I know we've been a little sporadic lately. We've all had a lot of things happen. Yeah. Um, just in general mm. uh, to us. So we're trying to be more responsive, to be uh, more regular. With our I pods. think we did a good job so far this year of being way more regular with our I pods. totally agree. Yeah. And as we say this, we are now five days late from last weekend. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we're trying to do better. Uh, you know, we are doing better. We, you know what? We're good. People good. like us. It's okay. Like Stuart I'm Smalley, good enough. Right? I'm smart enough. And <laughs> gosh darn it, people like me. Another on-time cultural <laughs> reference from the pod. So uh, with that, I guess uh, we'll talk to you, to you very soon. Oh, do an iTunes ah, review for ah. us. <laughs> yeah, iTunes review. Yeah, we haven't had one in a while. All right. So somebody hasn't done that, go out and do it. Yeah, like sweet. right now. Shut us off and go do it right now. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs>